welcome to Start Canada Podcast, where we interview startup founders, innovators, and thought leaders from the heart of Canada who are challenging the status quo, scaling their business, and bringing new ideas to life. Tune in with me, your host, Margot Miller, to hear firsthand exactly how they did it. Start Canada Podcast is powered by the Manitoba Technology Accelerator and Tech Manitoba and sponsored by Scotiabank. Coming up, we speak with Katie Hartle, founder and CEO of FriendMatch. Founded in 2011, FriendMatch is a unique company in the online relationship industry, formerly known as the online dating industry. And FriendMatch is exactly as it sounds. Think online dating, but strictly for platonic friendships instead. In a time where loneliness is at an all-time high, Katie has built a community in over 100 countries to help tackle just this. Answering the question, how to make friends for more than 5 million people and counting. Katie brings people together offline too. She's broken a world record for charity work with the largest gathering of angels. Katie also owns a Pinterest worthy women's gym and yoga studio in her community of Selkirk called Glow Fitness for Women. So in this episode, we cover the human side of business, how to build a lean startup tips for growing a community, and so much more. If you have an idea that you believe in, be sure to catch this episode to be inspired to get started today. Katie, welcome to Start Canada Podcast. Thank you for having me, Marco. Well, I'm very happy to see you here. It's been a long time since we've seen each other last, and you have done some really creative and interesting things. So take us back to the beginning. Tell us a little bit about Friend Match and how it came to be. Absolutely. So, my entrepreneurial journey, um, I think, starts kind of in that classic entrepreneurial way where what you see is a problem in the world or something that you think can be solved in a creative way. And so, and, and that's basically where Friend Match began is I saw something that I thought was a bit of a gap in the services available in the internet. And um, it occurred to me that if nobody else was currently tackling this issue, then it may as well be me the one to do it. So um, the problem I saw was the problem of loneliness. Um, What I noticed was that we had this really amazing thing that the internet has done for us. And it's been doing this for us for decades now, and that's online dating. And um, I actually thought, what a great industry. Like it actually adds a lot of convenience. And I know a lot of people who have met online that way. I mean, 20 now. Yeah. 20 years ago, one in four people at match.com was saying one in four relationships are started online. That was 20 years ago. And things have only become more and more evolved since then. Um, I think we've come to the point where we rely on the internet to solve basically every problem. Yeah, I think so. So I saw that and I thought, well, in our evolving kind of really modern world and the society that we live in, um, where typically everybody's working earlier and earlier, maybe, um, we're also busy. We always, there's so much to be done. This is pre pandemic, um, that I saw, I noticed that like, if you, how do you make friends these days? Like if, Mm. when you're outside of school, (laughs) how do you make a new friend? If you move from like Winnipeg to Calgary, Mm what do you do to make new friends? Um, and this was, and again, this was in the old times, whatever that's called right. now. But even now with all these opportunities, I feel like people still say to me, like, 
you make new adult friends. Like that's okay as an adult to ask someone to do something with you. Like it's yes. like, there's a, I, they, I think people still feel a stigma almost more with friendships now. Yeah. Um, we're all expected to have friends, but really the reality is that a lot of people, the thing is we change throughout our own lives. Um, I think Winnipeg is a really unique place where a lot of us maintain the same friendship circles maybe that we started with. That's not the case if say you move for work to a new community. Mm. It's also not the case if like we evolve and we change as people as we grow. And sometimes that means that we have more interests or new interests and we have other reasons why we might want to make more friends, even if we stay in the same community anyway. So I thought about this and I knew a lot of people. I knew a lot of people who had moved or who were in situations where they wanted to find somebody new to hang out with. It actually, I have so many examples, even I remember even reading like a newspaper article about somebody putting an advertisement out for bridesmaids, for example, because just that's the world we live in. If we see a problem like loneliness or wanting to make friends, we think, okay, well, what's the modern solution to this, right? Yeah. So when I saw this kind of issue, I thought, okay, well, it's so easy to meet someone online now. The only thing is we're just doing it for dating. So why shouldn't the same technology, the same processes being applied for online dating, the normalization of making a relationship that starts online. Why can't we just take all of that and apply it to platonic friendships as well? Why, why shouldn't making friends be as easy as everything else is on the internet? Yeah. So, you know, I wanted to solve that problem with the modern technology and tools. What were you doing at the time where you thought like, I have free time to do this or I, I, I know I can tackle this thing? Because I think a lot of people will look at it and go, it involves technology. Like, did you know a lot about technology? Tell us about like your skills at that time and where you saw the opening fitting. Perfect. I was probably having a walk at the time because I think that's when all of our best ideas tend to come with us, when our minds are quiet. Right. That or like in the shower, people say. Exactly. Or on a long drive. Yeah. yeah. So um, I actually graduated from creative communications. And so I was working in the fields of public relations at the time. And um, I would say that that really didn't have as much to do with um, the decision to just get that business friend match started. What happened is I was looking online. I was like, has somebody done this already? Surely someone's done this already. Nope, couldn't find anything. And I thought mm. even if somebody had done it, then they clearly hadn't done it well enough that I can't find it on Google. So right. yes, of course. Yeah. yeah. So me, myself, I just thought, you know what? I'm just going to do it then. So my, I think one of my many mottos is, you know, the classic where there's a will, there's a way. I also believe that there's always more than one way to approach a problem. And so I've used those two kind of um, points of view to guide me in building friend match. So actually I don't have a technology background myself. I'm not a developer or anything like that, but I knew that there's always many different ways to approach these problems. And I knew that those were just details. I had the vision and the vision was to make it super easy to make friends online. I just believed in a world where everybody can have somebody to talk to if they want to, where everybody can have friends. Um, and Hopefully, as we continue this conversation, I can tell you a little bit more about just how dire that situation of loneliness actually is. It's actually an epidemic. Um, and I yeah. can I can list examples of that, but we can get into that in a second if you want. I tend to uh, go off a little <laughs> bit. I get distracted, but... Um, no, I mean, it's such an interesting topic for sure. And we will dig into it in just yes. a minute. I do want to ask you a little bit about the industry as a whole. So as you're getting into it, you're seeing, okay, not a lot of the people are doing it, but the the 
the fact that there there is this online dating industry, do you think that, have you seen an evolution to today? Has that industry redefined itself to include friends online? So I think there was a, a, a time when we we're looking at this online dating industry and we're seeing an industry that is online and we're watching it evolve and we're seeing it go from basically an online classifieds type news, like, you know, your old newspaper ads, SWF seeking, whatever. I don't even know. I'm a little Wait, bit young really for that. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. but so you see that kind of broad online and then you watch it progress and you get to the point where maybe the online technology gets a little bit better and then you watch the apps start to come out. And so a lot of this movement is coming towards apps. And now, of course, with everything supercharged into the future in these times, um, I think some people are wondering, okay, so what's next for online dating? You know, is the next logical step going to be more virtual reality dating? Is it going to incorporate more video, maybe one-on-one or something like that? But Mm. my argument, and it was from the beginning, right from when I started Friend Match, is I saw Friend Match fitting into that online dating industry. I saw an industry there and to me, the next natural step of the evolution of online dating was not necessarily those things, but actually the move to move into platonic um, relationships online. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a lot that um, that industry, they're so complementary to each yeah. other. Is that something that you're able to police at all on your site? Like if someone, can you flag someone if they are on there for perhaps reasons that are like a little bit more physical as opposed to just friendship related? Is that something that you guys have kind of built in? For sure. Um, So just like online dating, same same thing. We have those same kinds of technologies where you can Mm -hmm. block someone or report somebody, Mm. things like that. So I really applied a lot of, I just kind of learned from that industry and then applied to mine because my, I guess another motto here is why why break something or why fix something that might not be yet broken? Yep. If they have something already figured out, I'm not going to reinvent the wheel. I'm just going to take what they're doing well and apply it to a new audience. Yeah, you're applying it to a new market. It's actually really smart what you've done. Thank and so you. now I've seen some apps that have that are traditionally dating apps that have like a friend section to it. Yes. But I guess, you know, in my thinking in advance of today, part of it is that I would maybe still be a little bit nervous that because people are traditionally using that app for one thing, their mind might be still in that one thing. Um, Have you seen an evolution of the competition in this market for you? And what's that looked like over the last few years? Yes, I have. And I think it's really interesting. And again, it's a natural step for these dating companies, the big dating companies. A lot of them are like monopolies that buy a lot of the smaller dating companies. But if you're a successful, if you're a dating company and you have successfully helped your users to achieve their goal. If person A meets person B and they get together and they're happily ever after, then you have succeeded in losing two customers. So um, I think that's interesting. Whereas when you tell yourself that, okay, you know what, I'm also going to, I'm going to run this online dating, but I'm going to branch into platonic and friendship as well. Well, then you actually have two different segments of customers that could technically feed into each other. They complement each other. Somebody who goes to an online dating site is already primed and receptive to the idea of using an online technology to meet somebody. Mm -hmm. So they're more open to doing friendship online. At the same time, somebody who goes online and successfully meets a friend 
one, they're not done because you can have many, many friends. Yes, yeah. So there's kind of an unlimited potential there. Um, there's more than just one person for you, right? Right. And two, let's say they meet some friends or maybe they meet some more friends. There may be, maybe that person is also looking for a romantic interest. And so that makes it like them already primed to hop on over to your online dating site. So to make your question answer really long, (laughs) I'll start with that. And I'll say that, yes, um, as of very recently now, we're seeing the largest dating companies start to move into friendship too, as I always knew they would. So because you were quite far ahead of this. This was like nine years ago or something like that, that you started Friend Match. Absolutely. And when I was on like, and we can talk about it, but I was on Dragon's Den as well. I basically launched the business on Dragon's Den. And for sure, the Dragons thought I was a little out there with my idea because it was so new and so innovative. But the thing that kept me going is that um, it was so easy to explain my idea in a sentence or two to mm-hmm. everybody, regular people that I would meet, and people would get it right away. Like yep. immediately, not only do they usually get it, but they say, I know somebody who needs this or... I want that. Like, yes, so- I just actually talked to someone about your business in advance of today. And the person was like in their late forties. And they said, I think I need this because at my age, it's actually kind of hard to meet a friend who's at the same kind of place as me and, yeah. and same interests. And, and so that was really, they had that anecdote right away. Absolutely. Exactly. And you know, other lifestyle changes too, because not only do your interests change, not only do you change and evolve as a person as a, over time, you want to keep your old friends, but sometimes you want to meet new friends that will go with that new lifestyle. But for some people as well, maybe you go through like a relationship change or something like that. Sometimes you lose a whole set of friends if there's like friends tied to that relationship. Right. So I actually have a huge uptake of people later in life as well, who are mm-hmm. super interested in this because they're ready for like a new lifestyle and new friends. Yeah. That, that makes me wonder, how do you think, or do you, you maybe know, how's the average person finding your, your platform? Because like, is it just, you have amazing SEO or are there other ways? Like what's someone looking for when they're finding you? I would say the SEO right now, me being a thrifty entrepreneur too, but the SEO is the number one way that people find us. And interestingly enough, um, one of the top ways that people find us in those uh, internet searches is literally Googling how to make friends. We're number one for that search result, or at least we were last time I checked. Awesome. And how to make friends online. Mm-hmm. So that as well, it's just validation, 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 you know, for for the Like people are literally concept. searching the exact words of what you've created a solution for. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. And, and then the, the big guys too, like Bumble just launched a new app where they're doing like Bumble uh, their friendship app, although yeah. it's just for women, of course, because that's Bumble's oh. kind of strategy on things. Okay, right? interesting. Yep. Um, Tinder is also starting to develop their own. And um, some of the other larger ones too, mm. um, some lesser known, but some more well-known. So that's happening. They're starting to catch on. Mm-hmm. And that's why I redefine it. It's not, I would no longer call it the online dating industry. I would call it the online relationship industry. It's just so much bigger than dating. Mm-hmm. Like we're selling ourselves short if we're stopping that online relationship industry with dating. So I really like that. I think that's really smart. So now let's, let's do get back to the topic of loneliness itself, because I think especially right now with the unique year that we've had, you're, you're, we're seeing even more of it. And maybe, you know, some of the numbers that we can get into, but, um, this, this didn't just happen this year. Like there have been people, no matter where they're at in their lives that have felt this. And, and a big part of it, pandemic aside, is, is just technology, right? Like the more that we're relying on technology, the less we're building human relationships and, and it can deepen that loneliness. But what have you learned about loneliness over time? Because you certainly will know a lot more than me. 
It's there's so much. Like for example, some people might say, well, why not just make new friends on Facebook? And Facebook is an interesting platform, but it's not really designed for making new friends. I would say it's great mm -hmm. for keeping in touch with friends you already have. Yes. Um, but it's not uh, one difference between say um, friend match or any other kind of online relationship matchmaking site or app is that you have more one-on-one -on -one interactions. So you have more authentic relationships being built. Whereas on something like Facebook, a lot of the conversations are kind of publicly broadcast for everybody. So it's not really about, in fact, there are a lot of statistics in there about how Facebook actually increases people's rate of loneliness and isolation. Right. I mean, even if you watch that documentary, right, I think it's The Social Dilemma. Yes. We'll tell you all about that because yes. it, it kind of silos you in its, in its creation. It's literally what it's doing. Absolutely. Exactly. So don't use Facebook for your friends. Um, <laughs> but even keeping in touch with them. Yeah. Absolutely. Facebook has its uses for sure. But mm -hmm. I would not argue that it would be good for going out and meeting Creating new friends. Creating new ones. I agree. Yeah. And not to mention that if you're looking for a new friend, you want to be able to approach that friend in a confident way, knowing that they're kind of looking for the, a friend as well. Yeah. You wouldn't want to just approach some random person, be it on Facebook, be it on Instagram, any other mm. app that's not specifically designed for friends, you wouldn't want to reach out that way because you don't know that they're looking for And then there's that possibility of rejection, right? So at right. least when you're on in kind of a friendship app environment, you know that everybody's there looking for the same thing. So yeah. you don't have to feel like you're sticking out for that or anything like that. And Absolutely. there are a lot of people there looking for that. So totally. And when we, you know, talking about loneliness itself too, I think you were, you mentioned in a separate conversation that there are people who, who in certain countries that are even literally like ministers allocated. Yes. To Tell me about this. Yes. So yes. That was a great example in the United Kingdom. And this happened uh, actually a few years back now, because even the government recognized this crisis, this modern crisis of loneliness. It's a pandemic of loneliness before this actual pandemic. Right. And so they actually appointed a minister of loneliness in the UK. And so the mission of the minister of loneliness is to help tackle the emerging problem of loneliness in the UK. And this is something worldwide. In the US as well, um, Same around the same time, there, the US Surgeon General actually declared loneliness to be an epidemic in the country and stated that having not enough social interactions was actually worse for your health than smoking a pack of cigarettes a day. Right. Is it, is it partly to do with the fact that we're more kind of trained for individual success and achievement now, as opposed to like welfare of the community as a whole? Like, is that part of it? Yeah, actually, there was a recent large-scale study of loneliness just recently, and that was one of the findings, was that even in countries where, for example, community is more the focus, right. they tended to have less loneliness, whereas countries like Canada, like the United States, like the United Kingdom, and those are the three countries that are busiest for friend match with the most members, exactly what you said, where we tend to be pursuing individual wins and accomplishments and suddenly we just don't have as much time to go out there and nurture those relationships. I mean, there could be a lot more playing into this as well. I think we're all short on time and things too, but um, but that's mm. a huge factor. And it's not, it's happening earlier and earlier. This is another thing that I think a lot of people are surprised by is traditionally we think of a lonely person as a shut-in, maybe a senior citizen, mm -hmm. but that is not the case. Actually, the loneliness population right now are the younger people. So um, yeah, it's, it's actually kind of scary, right? Like yeah. when you're really looking at the research, I remember seeing a profile of like 
13-year-old girls who are active on social media, seemingly have a lot of friends and a lot going on, who are really suffering. Yes. And it's partly because of this, like, online world that's been created that doesn't actually encourage, like, real-life friendships. Yeah. Um, or that has, like, this mirage life that people are living, which can actually cause a lot of damage and make people feel lonelier. So yes. it's very interesting. Yep. It's a, it's definitely, it definitely is. And, um, yeah, so... So definitely that's an issue. And even in, um, even in university, even at the age of university, when you think, oh, this is a time for making new friends and branching out, um, there's actually been a few recent studies on that loneliness on campus. Mm. And people have been finding that university has become an increasingly lonely experience as well. And uh, in one survey, now I don't have the exact st- stat, but it was extremely high, something like, 65% of people polled, and this is a survey in the UK, um, felt loneliness um, much of the time during their university experience. That's really interesting. And that was before the pandemic. Things have only gotten worse. I was listening to a, a happiness researcher who like dedicated his whole career to it. He's quite a famous researcher. And he was saying to like people at Harvard who are in a dorm that has another person in it, like if they manage to get a room with two people as opposed to one person, people fight for the individual rooms because they think they'll be able to study better and do better. But actually everyone in the rooms with two people do significantly better in their classes and are more likely to succeed, even though they would, and they're strangers they're paired with, they thought it would be a distraction or whatever. But that healthy relationship that you have with another human being actually makes you more successful at other things in life. So so there's there's really big benefits to finding people that you can connect with. And that's, Nice to point out because in our societies, maybe we think, hey, I can survive on my own. I'm fine. But actually for your health, for your happiness, for your mental health, friendship is one of the most important things. Mm -hmm. So what kind of person do you think you are, Katie? Like when you started all this and along this whole journey, I mean, to be an entrepreneur in the first place, you need perseverance and all these things. And you're you're clearly very energetic and friendly. Um, Did you know you had it in you to do this? Like, were you always someone tackling social issues or or like, how did you, how did you end up here? (laughs) I think I'm a dreamer. I think like I'm a dreamer and I'm a kind of a creative at heart. And so, um, from that, I like to also say problem solver. So like when I saw this, I just thought, um, even though this isn't necessarily something that I might have a huge extent of the education or background in, I just wanted to see it done. And so mm-hmm. I thought, you know what, I'm going to do my best at building it the way I like reaching that goal. And I'll just give it all I have and make sure that, um, that it is the way kind of I envision it and I'll yeah. just give it my best shot. I mean, that's all we can do, right? Um, life is short. So you know, give it your all, right? Yeah, good for you. That's amazing. Thanks. Okay, then that's a perfect note for us to move into our speed round on, which we're going to go come to now. That came fast. Yeah. I know, right? <laughs> it comes fast. Um, and the speed round is fast too. Yeah. So here we go. Okay, whatever comes to mind and we'll go through them. So describe yourself in a word or two. Yeah, I would say a, a dreamer. <laughs> okay. What motivates you? My 90-year-old self. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. What keeps you up at night? My uh, six and a half month old baby. <laughs> That'll do it. Um, who has been the most influential person for you? Oh, shoot. I, I think that was supposed to be my 90 year old self, I guess, as well. But the truth is, I actually have a lot of different people who I look up to for different segments of what they specialize in. So I have quite a few role models, I guess you could say. Okay, fair enough. What is one thing in business that you are so happy you did? Um, I like, yeah, for sure. Just getting started, getting it done, um, taking a a chance and, um, yeah, not, 
not letting maybe doubts uh, stop me from achieving things. Yeah, that's a good one. What's most important for your mental health? I think it's important to, I really love um, like just that time when you can turn your brain off. So, cause I think that's when the real planning kind of comes to you. So for me, like a long walk outside, cause I think that like combination of fresh air and exercise and just getting away from whatever environment you're in, um, that is huge. And then also I'd say traveling, but I mean, we all know we can't really travel right now. So yeah. I'll have to explore Manitoba a little bit more. Yes. I did that last year. We'll have to talk after. Um, what is one thing you were wrong about? Um, I, one thing that I think looking back, I mean, I'm always, I I always kind of look at every like mistake or anything like that. Anything that I could have done better. I never beat myself up about it because it's always a learning experience. We're always learning. We're always growing. So I've learned a lot along the way. And I always think like adapting, evolving, right? Mm -hmm. Um, one thing that I think I, uh, would have changed in the past. I mentioned I was on Dragon's Den. Oh, wait, this is, this was supposed to be a word or two, wasn't it? Okay, We're sorry, everyone. Okay, we'll get back to it. We'll get back to your Dragon's Den okay, story. Okay, all right, okay. sure. Okay, how do you continue to learn and grow? You were just saying you like to do it. Yeah, I like to connect with others in my industry. So I like to go to conferences within the dating industry and learn what they're doing and be in touch with them mm-hmm. and build those relationships. And I also like to learn and grow by listening to my team and listening to the customers I have. Mm-hmm. What does being a leader mean to you? Being a leader means inspiring your employees or to love your business as much as you do. Mm, That's a hard one. Um, (laughs) Okay. And where are you in 10 years? I've recently been fantasizing about Nicaragua. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. You can run your business from anywhere, right? Absolutely. Okay, Katie, that was a speed round, but there are some things I want to get back to. So tell us about the story. If you can remember, we were talking about, um, you were saying something you were wrong about, and then you were going to talk about something about Dragon's Den. So yeah, share that with us. Right. So when I was on Dragon's Den, it was a really an amazing experience. I'm very grateful for it. It actually kind of helped me to overcome one of the largest obstacles entering my industry, which is starting a community from scratch. Ah. Um, so it was really great for that. I never expected funding from the dragons, but I always knew that it was a really great, I don't know if you're supposed to say that. I think they, I think <laughs> they expect that that's how some people feel, well, but no, my idea knows? was maybe very they new. Would, yeah. yeah, maybe yeah. they would, but I always knew that that was a message that I was sending to more of the viewers of Dragon's Den. And, um, so I gave them my best show that I could and to explain what friend match was. And that is what it did. It, kind of the night that Dragon's Den launched, which was really kind of like the launching of Friend Match, immediately thousands of people signed up. So it was so much easier to build a what community a on that. What a testament to the market, like in validation for you. Like, well, how amazing was that? So amazing. And so this is where I think one situation where I would have learned from is I always thought at the time, I think I had a really great lineup of dragons, kind of like to me, a classic lineup. Like there was, um, <laughs> Arlene Dickinson, who was mm. always so cool. Um, Jim, you know, from Manitoba. So there was a good lineup. So lo- Kevin, remember Kevin? Mm-hmm. I don't know if he's yeah. still on. So, um, some of those dragons 
Bruce, Bruce and Kevin, or they were also on Shark's Tank in the United States. Right. And that's looking back now, knowing that the United States has a market. When I'm online, it's so much easier to kind of choose whatever market you want, right? So the United States as a market is much, much, much larger than Canada. Mm-hmm. And their television viewership would have been so much larger. So looking back, if I could have changed it, I think I would have, as much as I had a really great experience on Dragon's Den, I think I would have also or instead gone on Shark's Tank um, ah, interesting. just to reach that larger audience, you yeah, know, okay. and then get even that, that would have given me even a bigger, like, uh, I think, uptick of initial members to get started. Do you started. know if there's rules against that? Like, could you technically go now and go on Shark Tank if you really Maybe, wanted to? Maybe, but you know how it is. Um, things are moving so fast yeah, and uh, it might take like up to a year for, um, for that show to be aired. And at this stage, mm. I'm at a point where I'm already kind of having conversations with some others in my online relationship industry, uh, potentially about taking over and things like that. So I'm actually yeah. in, this, in this stage of potentially, uh, it's like selling friend much. Right, of course. Yeah, <laughs> or yeah. running it, depends. I'm saying it out loud. Yeah. yeah, I'm open to either, right? So I'm open to... To staying on, but potentially within a different umbrella or things like that. That's right. Mm. I, I'm always open to all the opportunities. And I always think every opportunity is worth exploring. So when people want to have these conversations... I will always have the conversation. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So that being said, it's really hard. It's so hard for me, especially in the pandemic too. It's hard to like really know what's like a, a year from now feels like 10 years from now to me. Yes, absolutely. And when you're building a business, I think that's a common sentiment too, right? Because you're taking on so much at all times. Yes. So do you have a team now with Friend Match or, or, and because I know you're in a lot of different countries. Yes. So what does that look like? Yeah. So I have a small team. Mm-hmm. Um, a developer and a marketing assistant. That being said, so much of the beauty of friend match and the beauty of online, the beauty of being so techy, because I have become very techy right. over the past decade, I guess, is um, so much is automated um, that it's really like a great kind of low cost system to run. Um, so it's actually great because when you can automate the small things and the day to day, like the customer messages or like those reports or things like that. When you can automate, the more you can automate, the more you have time for the higher level thinking and like the higher level strategic planning. Mm-hmm. I think that that's good advice in and of itself. And I'm sure you could get so deep into automation right. as, as a whole other topic. One of the things you mentioned in your speed round was about kind of people who have supported you along the way. Have you had really clear mentors along the way? Or is it just like people in your life that, have, that you've kind of learned from? Tell us a bit about that. So much encouragement. And I'm really grateful because I feel that, you know, in the long journey of building friend match, not long journey, but, you know, couple, like few years now. Yeah. Right. And so, um, every mentor has provided like a new perspective for me, but they've always provided encouragement. So mentors have ranged from people I've met through other people, um, people within the tech community here and even like old teachers from Red River College. So it's just kind of, I've and, and I'm working with a mentor right now as well. Um, I believe they were a guest on your show as well. So oh, amazing. Yeah. Okay. So for sure, mentors are important because as we know, when we speak of loneliness, like uh, being an entrepreneur can be a lonely thing too, because... Yeah, it's very common sentiment that entrepreneurship can be lonely. Yes. And so it's so nice to connect with others who want to encourage you and support your vision. Mm-hmm. You know, I've heard the same thing actually from just 
entrepreneurial women, like whether they, or, or business driven women that they can feel really lonely because I think, um, there's maybe different expectations societally, or they at least feel like there is. And so it's like, I don't even think you need to be an entrepreneur as a woman to feel that bit of like that bit of loneliness, I guess, right. back to our core topic. Right. Yeah, so funny. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it totally <laughs> is. Um, okay. So that's interesting. So your mentor, that's a little bit more, um, formal that you were just referring to. How did you get connected with them? Like, do you have tips for people that are maybe looking for someone to support them early in their journey? I would say that, um, for me, I actually found them because I was approaching one of Manitoba's, uh, couple of, uh, they have a handful of like accelerators and mm. things like that. Mm. And so through one of those programs, I met this person. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. And those are really good communities. Of course, if, you, if that is something that you're looking for, yeah. um, I know that you kind of have prided yourself along the way of building, of having like a lean startup. This is the reality yes. of like, you have a small team even still today and, yeah. and how you can do that. What are some pros of con pros and cons of doing it that way? What have you learned that you can share with us? Right. So um, I think I'm a little bit, maybe overly thrifty by nature. Okay. <laughs> and, Which for some people, this is going to be like music to their ears. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So I'm definitely full of tips on being thrifty um, in a multiple of ways. And I might have another business as well, where I also feel that I started it very lean. I've seen people and met people through connecting um, even internationally with other entrepreneurs, other people in my industry, other companies, and also other startups. And sometimes you see like a lot of money poured into a startup. I've seen some very, very niche, very specific startups you know, that put a lot of money in. And to me, that is not like necessarily the way to start, especially when you're in technology, because technology changes and advances so quickly. And so to me, it wasn't super strategic with the resources I had to maybe invest so much into say hiring somebody to, I like I built friend match basically myself. I could have hired a company to do that, but you know, I was being quoted and I looked into that. It was being quoted up to a hundred grand say to build uh, the site that I ended up building. Myself. I believe that, but it gives me like anxiety at the same time. Yeah. yeah. Right. So I didn't really want to start by spending all that money because, and also what happens if you're spending all that money? Maybe then you're looking for earlier outside investment. And that's something I've been able to avoid by keeping it lean. So I still have hundred percent ownership for friend match. And so now when oh. I'm having conversations with people, you know, about the other side of the experience. Fish. Yeah. yeah. Even like, uh, let's say one of those bigger dating sites that is maybe interested in acquiring and kickstarting their own friendship platform, hmm. um, which actually I'll get back to that after, but, um, yeah, so that puts me more in control and more in charge. So that's right. like a benefit for me. And then not having that anxiety of debt and things like that, keeping hmm. your, your business and that helps you to run longer too. It gives you more money for the unexpected costs and to right evolve as you go. Um, yeah. So I think that's a pro as for a con, the flip side of that is that you can't necessarily grow as quickly. So right, you have to be more patient for sure. Yeah. Like if I had accepted maybe it's like a seed round of investing or something, then I could maybe accelerate, put more into marketing, put more into the tech development and, yeah. and get there faster. At this stage I'm at, 
friend match is making revenue. So it covers its own ex- expenses and development, but maybe at a more moderate pace, not like that super speed space that right, yeah. you could otherwise get. Were you ever afraid going this like more patient lean route that someone might like swoop in in the meantime? Was that a fear of yours? And, and if so, like, how do you combat those feelings as you're trying to just grow gradually? Right. Because you think about, for example, MySpace and friend match or Facebook, right? Yeah. Remember there was MySpace before and they were kind of doing similar thing to Facebook. And then mm. Facebook, just came in with maybe more money and more this and more resources or or whatever. Or the platform was maybe just built better in the first place. Absolutely. Like who knows? Yeah, for better right. connection. Or better built platform. Totally. And they kind of swooped in and took that away. MySpace, right? And so for sure there's that fear. I think every entrepreneur has that fear. And I think every entrepreneur also has this like, you know, kind of fear of sharing their idea with others too early, like scared somebody's going to take their idea or something. But that wasn't the thing you learned very quickly is that it takes a lot of time and a lot of energy to develop these ideas. So I mean, I personally don't get too scared about like people like taking my idea and running with it because I know how much work goes into it. So that's not too much a fear of mine. That being said, Looking at the space right now, we can see that those bigger players are making their own friendship apps. Should that scare me? No, it encourages me because finally they're validating what I was saying. And also the nature of this industry tends to be to... um to get acquire, rid of people like acquire, you. Acquire, yeah. yeah, the smaller yeah. fish. So it's not really a bad thing. It's actually a good thing. They're validating now that what friend match is, is worthwhile and now wanting to explore it themselves. And as an advantage, something you raised earlier is you mentioned, well, what if like, you know, let's say one of those like really popular, you know, household name dating site mm. adds friendship to theirs. You're not going to be like, like, I don't know. Can I say the names of dating sites? Maybe yeah, yeah, I, you okay. can. Yeah. So you're not going to be like, okay, I'm going to go on Tinder and make friends now because you know, there's too many people that already have that association. Your mindset association is off. Yeah. Exactly. So you, if you're like Tinder and you want to make a social network as well, you're probably better off having a brand new name for it instead of like calling it Tinder for friends. Right. Cause not everybody is going to get and that. And friend match is such a good name. It's such a good Let's name. Not- ourselves here. Yeah. <laughs> Snappy and memorable it and is. really describes itself. Exactly. I think. Yes. You don't even need a sentence to go with it. We understand. <laughs> okay. That's funny. I love it. Um, how about, how about staying relevant along the way and like keeping your sanity at the same time? Have you found like ways to, to keep like, to make sure you stay yourself, but the business stays relevant, like all in tandem? Yeah. The one thing I think that really inspires me and encourages me. Like if, if I'm ever feeling like mm, stuck or discouraged having a down day or something like that is just doing a search through the members of friend match, even reading their profiles and seeing like the kind of super cool and amazing people who are on there mm. and, and who have therefore bought into my idea and are supporting it by being there. And that inspires me a lot. So that, and that helps me to stay relevant too. Cause I think, look at you, you believe in me. I want to do this for you. Right. Yeah. So that helps a lot. And, um, really, uh, yeah, again, automating as much as possible, yeah. um, having the best teams possible. Cause I also do run my other business as well, which is more of a brick and mortar business. Mm-hmm. And so how to kind of balance that all. And I really think like letting go of control and like just letting, um, both automating and also like empowering people who work with you or for you to really have like as much power and control over their positions as possible. Mm -hmm. I think we're all infinite beings of unlimited potential. And when you can 
work with the people who work for you and treat them as such, I think that that brings that out in them and just makes my own job easier at the end of the day. Yeah. And we, and we mentioned your other business in the intro, which is a gym and it's a gym specifically for women, right? Yes. Cause it's a very like inclusive and welcoming environment that you've managed to create. And uh, tell us a little bit about, I'm curious, the difference in how you feel it is building two such unique businesses. One is very like virtual tech driven online, way broader community you have to build. I see a similarity though in building community, right. right? But one is much more physical brick and mortar like you were describing. Is one easier than the other? Would you recommend to someone, you know, like tell me about the feelings you have around these two totally different veins. <laughs> I may be biased, but they're both great. Okay, of course. Of course. <laughs> I think they complement each other really nicely. Yeah. Friend Match being a tech business, you can spend a lot of time behind the screens. Glow being like a physical fitness style and wellness business, it helps me to get away from the screen. And I think it kind of balances things out. Um, so there's definitely that. Now, facing something like a pandemic or something, of course, your approaches are very different. Um, one was more challenging than the other. Friend <laughs> yeah. Match was already built to be ready for this pandemic. Whereas, of course, with Glow, um, we just had to kind of jump through all those hoops and things like that. Yeah, and, just and even adapt. close the doors for a bit. Yeah, right? and, exactly. Yeah, with the regulations. And innovate very quickly and mm -hmm. pivot very quickly. Did you see, to that point you just made, did you see a big spike in people wanting to find friends throughout the pandemic? Did it actually go up? Or? Yes. Okay, interesting. It went up, yeah. And this is um, something that I've been seeing across the industry too, is that um, that has been going up for online friend finding and also for things like, well, other types of relationships online too. So mm -hmm. it's all gotten busier. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about the true realities of building two businesses or, you know, could you grow one, building a new one? And you mentioned, you know, part with your episode, you have us just over six months old. <laughs> yeah. So what's the, what's the reality of that? Like, where do sacrifices lie or do they, you know, cause I think the average person listening thinks that there has to be somewhere along the way. There is. There certainly is. I mean, it's like juggling and like, <laughs> or, you know, sometimes you might drop a ball, a little ball here or there, but like, I think that, um, like a balanced life is important too. And you don't want to be burnt out from being so busy all the time. So it really goes back to kind of those basic, uh, things that I believe in, like having, empowering my staff to do, to really feel like they have ownership in the business as well. And so, um, like things, the thing about, like, especially, a, well, any business, it's just the small things, the day to day can add up so fast. And so if you can offset, delegate and automate those things, um, delegate them to other people and automate them as much as possible, then you're not caught up in the day to day. You have more time for the things that really drive you and inspire you. You have more time for being strategic and planning as well. Um, that being said, it is very, it is very busy. And, um, like I definitely, it's, it's a working, breathing, living, um, process of constantly reevaluating how to keep that balance sometimes. And I say that like, it's especially with the pandemic, because for example, glow fitness, I had it kind of going at a place where it really was almost running itself with this incredible team. Um, but then with the pandemic, of course, you have to keep changing things. And yeah. so then it did take a little bit more of my time in the past year, but um, it, we're, we're just grateful for all the support and everything. So yeah. that worked out fine. Um, I will say for my baby, I'm lucky to have like the support of my husband too. He takes care of her a lot when I'm working and I can 
bring her to work with me too, which is helpful. Right. As the owner and with your two different unique businesses. Yes. And I really believe in, I really, really strongly believe that like time off is super important because I think that if I'm always working, I won't be as effective. I don't want to get burnt out. So it's really important to me that, for example, as much as possible, Sundays are kind of like always a day of rest. And I actually have been recently, as my baby's getting a little older, well, six and a half months now, super fun age. And so I try to almost always take Fridays off. And I just call that like a mom day or something. And I, I just it. kind of hang out with her because I don't want to lose that time either. It's such a an, a short time right. you know, when they're a little like that. So. Yeah. And I was going to ask you that, like if you physically block time to like to make sure that you have it to yourself, because I think that's something people, a lot of people forget to do. Right. So that's a really good anecdote. Yes. And I definitely do it. Mm-hmm. I think it's just so important. So throughout the pandemic, there's a different impact to your business. And I think at one point, you know, again, in a separate conversation, you mentioned that in 2020, so that that is the year, this unique year we just had, um, that that was in fact when you dedicated the most time or, or like a concerted amount of time to friend match. Why, why then was it just natural evolution? Was it due to the unique times we were in or, or like, what was that? What did that new concerted effort look like? Yeah. So friend match was, has been like a side hustle, a side project for me for its initial years. And the thing with friend match is it just kept telling me, yes, it just kept giving me positive affirmations that it deserved more of my time. And so I was distracted for a bit when I opened Glow in 2018. You know, when you're starting a business, it's very busy. You really got to put the time in, right? Mm -hmm. And get the processes defined and kind of define what the business is and how it runs. So I was quite busy kind of getting glow started. So I kind of put friend match a little bit on the back burner, but at the same time, because so much had been automated and because I had already some people helping me there, um, it was able to run itself. And I was watching kind of super busy with glow and watching it just grow and grow and grow. And as it's growing, I'm thinking, okay, I have to get back on this right now. It's like accelerating. It needs me right now. And so what happened is the reason I started I told myself, I'm going to like basically go to friend match full time right now. Glow is good. Um, so that was right at the beginning of 2020. And part of the reason was actually just because at that point, Glow was ready to run on its own. So it didn't need me so much anymore. So it was kind of established. So I then told myself, okay, it's time to commit to friend match now. And so I went and put both my friend match shoes on. And then what would you have it? But the pandemic happened. And so it was interesting because friend match needed me even more so like loneliness, that crisis of loneliness became even more rampant. And so it was really just the ideal time at the same time to really focus on friend match. When you did that and you dug in and now we're here today, like a, you know, a little over a year later, what do you think you learned in that year? Um, I think that like, uh, there's just so much to learn. I'm learning every day, but, um, the more time I put into it, the more I, I get out of it. It's like this mm-hmm. beautiful, fertile soil. And so that's just, and again, that's just very encouraging. It helps keep me going. Yeah. Throughout both your businesses and, and your life personally, it sounds like you've also done a lot to give back to the community at the same time. Have you found ways to do that through your businesses? Is it usually separate from your businesses because it's more of a passion thing? Like, tell me a bit about that part of your journey. Yeah. So I think that in a way, Friend Match is already, it, its business model is giving back to the community. Sure. So that's that part right there. Um, Glow, I'm super important to me to be embedded right into the community. I think Selkirk is just an amazing place to run a business. Super collaborative. There's a lot of really great businesses running out of there. Um, so 
for Glow, what I wanted to do was basically anytime, any fundraiser, any community support request, we always say yes. So we always support everything at Glow. Yeah. So it's really helped us to like become part of that community, which is just so great. And just, it always echoes back to us. Um, yeah, you mentioned my Guinness world record. So Mm -hmm. that was really In our intro there. Yeah. What was that all about? So, um, it was, I was working with actually Mr. Cordia, um, and they, every year they have something called angel squad, um, where they pure, pair up with some sponsors and they raise money through their iconic angels to, um, for the, the health center. And so we were approaching an anniversary and I was doing some public relations consulting with the foundation. And, um, so they're approaching this anniversary for their angel squad fundraising event. And I thought, well, what's like, how can we celebrate this in a big way? And so I suggested, let's see if there's like a Guinness world record we can break. And there was one. Um, it was so perfect because their thing is angel squad. And there was a record set in Germany for largest gathering of angels. So it was like, perfect. Let's steal this record from Germany. Amazing. It was so much fun. We worked with all How the many schools. people did you get? I want to say t- something like, something like, 1275 like 1275 wow. angels it was so much fun we had even even had, like people bring their dogs dressed as angels <laughs> uh, and so many people were involved um in that and like lots and lots of school children and things too it was just such a feel-good event and mm. it was just kind of leading up to the christmas season too so um it was really fun we broke the record we succeeded winnipeg is on the map for that now and um i'm just waiting for germany to try to take it back so that we can take it back again <laughs> right that's kind of part of the fun, right? You almost want them to try. Yeah, exactly. Um, It's so interesting to me hearing all these different things that you're involved in because there's such a consistent trend of you being a community builder. (laughs) Did you know that about yourself? Um, no, I don't know. I think I'm always just growing and evolving as a person, but, um, I think I might have some old fashioned ideals about just wanting to make my own world, my own environment better wherever I can. And so that just happened to be the path that I took. Mm-hmm. Do you have tips for anyone who's who wants to build a community? I know you're saying like, this is just something that kind of organically came along for you, but along the way, you know, building, like, even if you look at one specifically, like with friend match, you're building, you have to build a community that like, people have to want to talk to each other and want to come back, you know, and things like that. Do you, have you learned anything that you think you could share as far as building a community? I did mention like that is one of the big barriers to this industry is nobody wants to visit an empty community. So it's kind of a funny little um, conundrum because you want to say start a community and, and grow it, but nobody wants to come if it's not empty. So how do you start something from nothing? So for me, that was the creative solution was going on Dragon's Den because I knew that people who watch that show, like you can kind of get a large, um, response in a single evening. And from there, when you have that starter, it's much easier to build on it. Um, so that's how I did it. And it's not necessarily the traditional way. Other types of, um, maybe online community builders, they might do that by either because friend match is quite broad. It's open to all kinds of people, genders, ages, places in life, places in the world. So, it's harder to really build something, Very hard, community, yeah. something so broad. Exactly. So I think while I can't say this is from my own experience, but from what I know of my own industry and kind of the social networking industry is that often these communities are built by, um, 
starting in a niche area. So it's more traditional to build a community by say, um, I'm going to start this community in Winnipeg. And then once it grows enough in Winnipeg, I'll open to another territory and so on and so on. That's how a lot of people sometimes do it mm-hmm. or a ginormous marketing budget or something like right. that. Or um, let's see, another way that they'll do it is a niche, right? So if you're super, super, super niched out, then you can kind of maybe grow a community as well. So those are some mm-hmm. of the other ways to do it. Um, but like I said, like there's always more than one way to approach a problem. Right. So I took a different way, yeah. <laughs> a thriftier way. And most likely having a person like you at the helm helps as well with, with the energy and the creativity and like the desire to build community. Right. Um, in your, in the speed round too, you mentioned about your 90 year old self and like that being encouragement. What is that person that you see at 90 that you want to kind of, that you're moving toward? So 90-year-old Katie (laughs) is fearless and uh, she looks back on her life and she doesn't want to have any regrets. She doesn't want to look back and say, what if I had done that? What would have happened if I had done this? And I I do this again and again in my life. Um, So I just, I always, I always explore the opportunity. I almost always take the risk. Um, because I just think I would rather know what happened than wonder forever. What if, and so sometimes even things might be scary or cause you anxiety. Like for example, going on dragon's den, it's a heart pounding experience, but how would you ever know what was going to come of it if you didn't? And if you think about your 90 year old self, it's not so scary anymore because, um, now you've had so much time to get over those nerves. You had decades too. So I really like to, uh, to look up to her. And, uh, and just try to make sure that she's not disappointed. <laughs> Amazing. I really like that. And I feel like that sentence you had there about like wanting to look back and, and not never think, what if I would have done something? I think people probably listening to this episode, you know, stopped there and kind of reflected on some of the things that they're currently debating, making decisions on and going, I kind of want to just jump in, right? It's a very good sentiment. Um, so Katie, tell us what is the future of you friend match your globe gym business that you have everything that you have going on what's next um so while it's sometimes difficult to plan in a world that is constantly changing um glow is growing and so i definitely like it's a passion project there's such a great community um everybody there the members the team they're so wonderful and they really feed that passion too so i would like to continue to grow that there because it's or answer the need the call for growth there with friend match my plan is to well actually the very next step what we're doing right now it's really interesting is we talked a little bit about loneliness on campus and um this is a, a huge problem now with so many campuses canceling all their events moving to distance learning that is a problem that's gotten way worse in uk they're actually under a lockdown until may 17th or something like that several of the states as well and so before the pandemic hit there was this idea tinder did it bumble did it Facebook did it where you actually do a tour of campuses and that way you can build a lot of buzz over what you're doing. And so we were thinking about that. And then this pandemic happened, everybody's locked down. And so we've actually taken that as an opportunity and we're actually doing a virtual tour of the campuses, which is awesome because, Hey, I'm thrifty Katie. I like to keep costs low. Right. So much cheaper to not have to get a hotel or pay for gas or flights. <laughs> right. So we've been communicating with universities and college in the UK and the United States. And we're actually, we're planning this virtual tour. So what we're doing, super fun, is we're having these events on campus, virtually on campus, where we start with um, like a, a, a small experience presentation. So we have 
kind of two. One is um, as an expert on making chai tea straight from India. We'll be streaming from India, showing you how to make your own pot of chai at home. So perfect for students. And then from that, after the presentation, you've probably heard of that Remo. It's like an online conference mm. thing. You see tables virtually. You can talk to people at a table. You see them face to face. You move to another table. So we're doing that followed by what we call speed friending, virtual speed friending. So all of these university um, students and anybody else within the university community, they're going to attend this event. They'll watch the presentation and then they're thrown into this virtual room where they're speed friending and they have icebreaker questions and things like that. And so it's just a fun way to build buzz and at the same time to solve the problem, the rampant problem of college loneliness, of loneliness that's attacking young people. And at the same time, it's great for the universities and the schools too, because how do you connect with your school if you're not engaging with the community around your school? Universities and college, that's like an experience to make lifelong friends. And so we're coming in and we're solving that. And at the same time, it's a nice kind of experiential marketing way to build that buzz in our prime kind of like our busiest places for friend match. So that's immediately what we're doing next as for more longer term. um, I'm just going to continue to bring friend match as far as I'm capable of bringing it. We've had some conversations with some of the bigger fish. If things go that way, like I said, I always am open to every opportunity. I'll always explore it. So we'll see what happens. I can't guarantee anything at this point though. It all still sounds like you're both feet in. It's an exciting journey and you're going to take it where it goes. Yes. Well, Katie, if people want to get in touch with you or find your businesses, where do they go? So um, FriendMatch is just friendmatch.com. Uh, glow fitness, glow fitness for women.ca. And myself, I'm on LinkedIn, Katie Hartle. So I'm always... Um, keeping an eye on my inbox there too. Wonderful. Katie, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you. It went by really fast. I really appreciate it. (laughs) If you enjoyed today's episode and want to learn more about our guests, visit startpodcast.ca and be sure to rate and review us wherever you're listening. If you're new to the show and want more Canadian business inspiration, subscribe before you go. Start Canada Podcast is produced by your host, Margot Miller, with audio and visual creation by Event Pro and support from Dunor Systems. Start Canada Podcast is powered by the Manitoba Technology Accelerator and Tech Manitoba and sponsored by Scotiabank. Scotiabank.